this is one host, uh, Sam Ferguson. Hello, I'm Zachary Ferguson. And I'm going to turn up here. And I am a host! I'm going to turn this stuff down. I'm a host, everybody. Can you believe it? Hey. Hey, Ma! Hey, Ma! I'm a host here! Hey, guess what? Hey, folks at home. Little boy Zach from Pittsburgh. He grew up and he's a host now, huh? Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Ooh. Guess who you are. Guess Samos over here. Val Victorian from his school. All right. school that was. I am, uh, you can call me Mr. Knobs if you want, because I am, uh, adjusting knobs like none other. Um, I will not refer to you at that at all. I will... I'm the kind of guy that if someone says, excuse me, I'm a doctor, I go, doctor, kiss my butt. Also, let's 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 give it let's give it let's give a round of applause to to Bach for this amazing. Woo, Bach! I'm not. I already clapped. Do you know Johann Sebastian Bach won the Myers Award? Oh, yeah. I can't believe it. He. It's sad that they did not. Uh, that people can't live for a long time because this would be the day. This would be. He would, he be, would be so happy. He would be huge today. Like he, he died be- kind of like he died much in the same way as like Mozart. Like he was a I'm kidding by the way. No, he didn't. Uh he was a very successful man. Um we love him. Do you think he would him. sue us? Do you think he would sue us, Bach? Oh. A hundred percent no. Bach if Bach no. honestly, I'm kinda I feel like Bach's estate is in if we once we crack, I know we're gonna we we will be making it big whenever um uh, I thought we were already big. Well, we'll be making it huge whenever Bach's estate sues us. Because we are using his... Well, actually, technically, we, we do have the right. He's He's been dead for over uh, 70 years, I think, is the deadline. Bach? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he was... No, he... he oh, you're saying he didn't die 70 years ago. I'm saying the copyright standards or like for when you can use the song whenever it comes into the public domain is you can use it 70 years or... You can use it's either you can use the the like you know how there's two copyrights there's like the the written copyright and then there's actually like the the recording copyright one yeah. of those like the 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 latest one whatever one the latest one is you can use it 70 years after whoever wrote it or recorded it um died and then that's uh, when it becomes the public domain so box been dead for a while so we can use we can use this stuff but yeah we would definitely if he was alive today First off, I don't know if you'd be still making this kind of music. That would be kind of interesting. I think he would be into techno. Yeah, kind of like how um Bill and Ted, like uh uh, uh what's his face Amadeus or no Be- Beethoven. Uh, Are you is... talking about uh, Amadeus and Salieri? No, I'm talking about in Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure. How uh, uh they bring back Beethoven and he immediately gets into like the the techno music of the '80s. Yeah. He would be, uh, I think he today would be hanging out with Billie Eilish, you know. Maybe. Just palling around. You think Bach would be hanging out with, that would be, that would be distressful, because I feel like Bach would be, are you imagining him? Because I imagined him as he was painted, which was like a 60-year-old man. Well, I think it's just like, he would, uh, he would, you know, maybe not, like his old manness would be like, if you live forever, do you think you know how like people become curmudgeons around sixty? I don't, like, I, I don't 50? understand that. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, what I'm saying is, 
uh, normal human beings, they live to be 100 or mm. like or 87, you know, around there. Yeah, it makes sense. But there's a moment when old people just become so curmudgeon and they hate they like start to hate the younger people mm. that I'm like every old person I at work. That's basically who they are. Well, I think it's different. I don't think so, all well, old people I'm are. Saying, I'm saying the reason why they're curmudgeons, I think, and I hate to say this, but I think it's they know that they're on the verge of death, mm -hmm. the downhill of death. I, so they're, anyone, they're angry. They're, hold on. This is a whole theory. They're angry at young people. So yes. they're like, respect me. I'm closer to death than you are. Give me respect. I think it's, it's much think like... You know the line from uh, It's a Wonderful Life where he just he's like, why don't you shut up and kiss her already? And like uh, 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 whatever his name is. Exactly. What's his yeah, name again? Um, George. I don't know. The fat guy? No, George sitting? Bailey. No, what? what is his name? Jimmy Stewart what? is just like, you want me to what? <laughs> you want me to what? And then and then he's just like, oh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. And then he storms exactly. out and he's just like, hey, why don't you come out? I'm going to kiss her to the fucking that moon guy. and back. That guy, and then she runs away, and then he kind of sexually abuses her, in a way. Uh, She's naked in a bush. Actually. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That's like the one scene that I think a lot of people in modern times point to in that film, and it's just like that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, um, like George Bailey canceled. <laughs> George Bailey is canceled. canceled. Twenty twenty. George Bailey gone. Hashtag George it, cancel. George Bailey. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying, let me. Uh, the the end of my saying about this old thing is, is that's why old people are kind of curmudgeons. But if you are an immortal, I feel like your curmudgeoniness maybe goes away because mm -hmm. you can be like, oh, I know things, but I'm not, I'm not saddened by death. Well, I think a good instance. By the way, this is two thumbs undecided. We are <laughs> a, a um. A film. We talk a lot about film, and that's why we are. In general, so we talk. We've talked about a few films already because that's. Oh, my my thing is kind of peaking. Sorry, guys. I'm gonna turn uh, down my mic slightly. Um, we talk. Gonna... A, we talk a lot about films, and um, I'm also the only. I'm the person that's running the board as well. So, uh, we don't have an engineer. This isn't. Yeah, comedy, I'm, uh... This isn't comedy bang bang over here. <laughs> uh, we don't have uh, engineer Sam or whatever his name is. They but we are two thumbs undecided. Um, I'm briefly going to give, actually, I rarely, I should do this more. I'm going to read he one of these things this. that we're supposed to read. Um, he never does this. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and pr promote media literacy, education, and free expression. That is, that is what we love here at Two Thumbs Undecided. It's free mm. expression. Uh, we, rely, we, want. we rely... We rely primarily on donations from listeners much like you. And I'm not talking about the person behind you. I'm not talking about that person over your shoulder. I'm looking at you right Look now. Look at them. Look at them right now. They'd also, you could go to that person behind you and, and say what I'm saying to them as well. Every dollar helps us stay on the air, support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. There's an old Bible verse um, mm, about, I don't know what the verse is, but there is, this is a Sunday. I do think this is a Sunday. So some of you, you know, may pray to the, the God of two thumbs undecided. And, uh, if you're one of them, uh, please do not make us deities. Uh, bad things I, happen to deities. They get, I'm pretty sure that people that worship 
like idols of that, they always try to sacrifice them. But anyways, like, there's you know. a story in the Bible, um, in the Christian yeah. Bible, in which uh, they're going around and like all these rich people are donating like millions and billions of dollars uh, into the pot. And then there's this one, uh, there's this one lady who comes up and puts like two pence in, like like next two to nothing. But then pen. Jesus says that she gave more. Than anybody Oi. else, and all the people were just like, "That doesn't make sense." Like you she, gave she... more. Yeah, and they all had British accents back then. You gave no. This is Jesus. You gave more <laughs> because you gave you two pence. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the moral of the lesson: is if you have two pence, throw it in the pot. Oi! <laughs> she gave more. She gave more than you blokes. Anyways, you... all contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Interesting. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donations at readyfreebrooklyn.org slash donate. And that brings us to another point is, yeah, we, we, this is, uh, for those of you who don't know, we don't get paid for this. We don't this. get paid. We, in fact, pay for this. Um, Give this us is, two pence. This, 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 this thing that we do is all out of the love of the art. Um, if some, if some person, if some, you know, destitute gave us two pence, we would say, you gave us everything. You did. If radio. you, if you, well, first you, have, first you have to prove that uh, you have to show us your bank account and show the percentage of what the two pence is. Because uh, if you were making billions of dollars, if if you're if you're Mike Bloomberg, I hate to get political, but he also is a you know a billionaire. If you're Mike Bloomberg and you give us two pence. First off, make it the right country, the country that you're running for president. Uh, and second off, I'm sure you can. Spare more than two pence. Also, Bezos giving like what, uh, like ten million dollars to to fight global warming or something. Good job. No, I mean good job, wow. but also he's a hundred billion dollars. Like he's he is the richest person in the world. He and he, I feel like he probably gives more uh, money to that space program he has, the Blue Devil something. Uh, the mind. Of a rich person reels. It you does. Know? Um. Anyways, like, uh, but would, that that's the other here's point. The, here's the real quick thing. So Bernie Sanders. Okay, now we're getting po political. This should yeah. only take about five. Yeah, this this so should only what? take five minutes. What? Bernie Sanders is basically the embodiment of every college student, liberal college student, who wants to make a difference. Okay, mm. he is the the uh, the avatar, if you will. Thing mm. is, he also lives in like a one million dollar mansion, and he lives a rich life. So I'm wondering. I think there is something that just turns off when you get, you know, rich. I think you kind of like you. I do not. I have never. And please, someone stop me. Stop. Someone stop me. If there is a rich millionaire who lives like in a apartment. Or who lives, you know, modestly, like in I, you know, in a just a subtle house, not a mansion. First off, uh, his net worth is about two million dollars. He's not that. I mean, he's he's a millionaire, definitely, but like a, a two million dollars is not in, in some standards. Like that, that is not uh, like a lot of actors have to like a lot of like like actors that you like are kind of small. Like a lot of uh, stand-up comedians, like you know Chris D'Elia or um, what's his face, uh, uh, the guy that's on the uh, the sh the show, 
Uh, the the one. Uh, the Apprentice, Donald no. Trump. I'm so bad with he's, names. He, he's the. I think he, he's worth he had like the, five the, the 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 Adult Swim show that was like really outlandish uh, interviews. Eric Andre. Eric Andre. He has two million two two million dollars. You're gonna call him like a rich like bureaucrat. You I'm know. gonna call him rich. I'm gonna call. The, I'm hey, just saying, if you have two million dollars. You're gonna have a nice house. I, I don't like. But why? Why? Here's the thing. I'm just saying. I think it's like. Couldn't couldn't you spend that uh, money on a rich house on you know? You could, people? but I do. Uh, I'm not gonna. But you don't. I'm That's not. I'm the saying. issue is not about like like anyone who makes a lot of money should automatically flip that around and only spend money on the poor. Like people are like, I don't know. I don't want to get into politics, but I'm not gonna blame a guy for having. For spending money on nice houses, and also if you see his houses, there aren't like huge. Well, they're, they're like normal-looking houses. And we, you and I'm I, both, saying, you and I both know people who have giant houses, yes. uh, bigger than his houses, I'm sure. And but why do you? And need they're a still big considered house. That's good the thing. people. Like I live in a very comfortably sized apartment at the mo moment. You know, it's like I guess you know. You're also you in Pittsburgh, kids, and you are paying. Four hundred dollars a month. Yeah, fantastic. For so a lot apparently, of I will say if um if Amazon set up their like their site here when they were choosing a place, my rent would have skyrocketed. Which is why flight. you should get uh stabilize your rent. Um, what is talk that? to what your you, what? What do you? It's a huge thing Google in New it. York because in New York, I don't there's this, live in New well, York. Well, no, this isn't just New York. It's, I mean, the, the concept applies everywhere, but it's a huge thing in New York because. Since real estate is so high in New York, a lot of uh, old, typically older buildings with normally older people living in it are rent stabilized because it's it's getting hard, especially now. They actually just passed a law, I think just in Brooklyn, but they passed a law that you can't. Um, it's harder to raise. It is much harder to raise the rent of places because gentrification is so bad here in Brooklyn. Um, mm -hmm. that they want to, you know, they want people to not, they want to, don't want to ruin lives as much as possible, or at least the good people don't. Anyways, going back to originally all the way before we got sidetracked with politics, um, we well, are going to be releasing a Patreon yes. probably next month. Uh, the reason why it's taking so long is we are going to be making a video to like kind of promote it and to like put it out. And, uh, I'm going to Pittsburgh to see Zach. And to celebrate he's, every he's all the all the Christmases and all of my family birthdays that I've missed being here in New York, um, and uh, but also to do this video and kind of figure out what we're gonna do with the Patreon account. And it's uh, gonna be funny. But we're it's doing the funny. Patreon account not for our own. I mean, it is for our own benefit, but for the benefit of the show, so we can afford to go to different film festivals because we went to a few film festivals last year and it was all out of our own pockets. And from people who are very generous enough to donate to help us out, but yeah, those were all loved ones. And thank you so much to everybody who was able to send Sam to Cannes. That was very nice. But, uh, I will say, I, I, I'm so sorry, Sam, that you oh. weren't unable to see. Parasite. I did not see Parasite because a a girl who I've I since stopped talking with, um, <laughs> because she, of the well, she was also just kind of a flaky person, and I don't really like flaky people. But she, um, she told me out of, and also here's the thing. Here's the thing about Bong Joon Ho, and we did a whole episode on him I at love the time of Parasite. At the time of Parasite, but like at Cannes, the movie he did before was Okja, 
and I don't think there's a lot of Okja fans. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. There's Okja is not one of his greatest films. Snowpiercer also not that good of a film. I really uh, disagree. Disagree. I really liked Snowpiercer. Okay, I take that back. I take that back. Snowpiercer. Well, we pretty, can fight about this. It's a good. Uh, no, no, way, I don't want to fight about it. I, it's a good film. I think for me, I was just being like, okay, he's. He, it's gonna be another Americanized like film like he's gonna have a bunch of i i personally thought that okja was him in the process of like selling out and doing only american films and like kind of getting that but he i mean that's not what parasite was at all anyways when she said the girl said that she hated it and she didn't like it uh it made me not want to watch it because i already had a little bit of bias and then that made me not want to watch it and also the lines were so long uh well this whoever this was all right. Should kick themselves. You should say your news because we're running out of time. Okay, my news is this, uh, and actually it portrays to uh, Don- uh, to uh, Parasite. Donald Trump oh. in the news said the stupidest thing, and honestly, it's now. I mean, I already knew he was an idiot and a, a robot, but this, you know, this, this, uh, this hits home on film people. You know, I mean, he just hates every. He, okay, what he said was. Donald Trump at a rally was being like, he was like, can you believe it, Parasite? This is not a good impersonation, but he's like, can you believe it that uh, Parasite won? That's a that's a foreign film. Uh, bring back Gun with the Wind. Bring back Sunset Boulevard. What the hell? That makes no sense. I, it just, it, it enraged me so much because his fan base have probably seen only Larry the Cable Guy movies and which you know I'm I'm just saying like you need to widen your bra- your your grasp on things. Yeah. Um and he's he's not only ruining the like he's bringing nationalism to film now. See, I'm not going to spend too much time thinking about it because all this is old news to me and I'm I'm really surprised that it took him this long week. to Yeah, I know. No, no just him being him, you know. Um, it took him this long to be a, to attack good movies. It's like he attacks everything that's pure and wonderful in the world. And now he's reached movies. I mean, he's he's and, a nationalist. Like I mean, he's a lot of things, but he is also an a nationalist. There you go. Oh, um so he, that's one th- one part of the news. Also, this is something I wanted to talk about a while ago, and I think this is something that I I find very fascinating because I really like watching old, 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 old films and thinking about how people used to think of the camera. You know, um, there's there was a, someone on YouTube. You could find this on YouTube, but someone on YouTube restored the classic train arriving at the French station. You know, the one that scared so many people, um, and they restored it so it's 4K and at 60 frames per second. So it looks like real life. And if you watch it, it is nuts because it's it looks so real. You know how like you watch old films and it always looks like people are walking too quickly to like it always looks like it doesn't look real. This yeah. makes it look as real as possible. Like someone was shooting it on a, a on a camera. Yeah, it Let's looks see. like someone it, it looks like a a fake like it looks like people put on like it was all these costumes they pe- like people were trying to like and, but also, like, thinking about what people thought of the camera back then. Like, I feel like half of those people had no idea what that was. Like, they were just like, what, is this a painting? Like, what's going on? Like, they, or they probably thought it was a photograph. They probably thought it was a photograph. They were just taking a photo. 
And then they were just so they didn't think that they were actually being recorded on what they were doing or like the motions they were. They were just like like going about their day. And I thought it was just such an interesting. It's a really cool video. If I, I, I think everyone should watch it. And then the other thing I want to say is this is less about film news, but it's just something I I was thinking about. Foreign, like like uh, other countries, international posters of American movies are ninety five percent of the times much better than the actual posters that yes. go along with the films. Like I'm looking at, I was looking at because today the theme is Danny DeVito. And I was looking at photos or like old, like for, uh, I don't know, yeah, foreign uh, posters of uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. They are so much better. They are just so much more interesting and done by an obvious like artist. And then you look at the, the American posters and it's just a photo of Jack Nicholson looking up. And it's just like, okay, you know, well, that took like a college even- student five minutes to make. Even in the 70s standards, you know, it's it's just, it's, I mean, it's obvious, like, they just want to have his face there. But it's just, like, especially at the IFC, or, yeah, the IFC Center here in New York, they, they always have, like, a bunch of, if they're showing, like, an old movie, they have, like, a montage of all the different foreign uh, posters of said movie. And they're always just so interesting to watch. And you're just, like, Poland, uh, you know, Japan. And they all, like, represent, have a little bit of that, that culture in it like that they like if it's if it's Japanese it looks a little bit more you know flashy and a little bit more of like kind of like what anime is kind of like and a little cartoonish and if it's I don't know I mean I don't want to break up and stereotype all these like places but it, you know what I mean it, it's interesting well, it's how they bring the I'm culture saying, to that movie they, it's really interesting to see like say they show the Avengers poster and then they'll show you what it looks like in Japan or India, and it's like the super bizarre, really, really cool. Like, it, like a lot of superhero movie posters are just their faces, or they're looking up. And then in you know Switzerland or Netherlands, it's like a surrealist version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I also just before kind of, we get into our topic, I want to give a quick. This show is dedicated to uh, Larry Tesler. Who created the copy, cut, and paste function? Uh, he died a little bit ago. Uh, he died like maybe a week ago or so. Um, he died at seventy-four. And so much of my job, and I'm sure your job, Zach, and I think all jobs um, have paid a great uh, uh, should pay oh. a great tribute to him. Because if I had to go and type out URLs and like type out like like slash five six seven exclamation point question mark blah like blah 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 things would be so so slow and also i didn't even know about the cut function until after college i didn't know that you could cut oh yeah uh apple z uh x yeah and then you know about reverse um cut right what's that that's that's uh hold on a sec uh that's uh shift that's shift Apple. Well, no, sorry. Reverse, um, reverse error. See that hmm? if for I know this is about, about Danny DeVito, but the most the greatest functions for a film person, at least for Apple users, is Apple Z, which is undo, Apple X, which is cut, Apple C, which is copy, copy. and Apple B, which is paste. And this guy, it's all thanks to him. And then um. you have 
And then you have Shift Apple Z, which undoes your. It redoes. Undo. It redoes. Yeah. So. Um, so, anyways, hand, this is dedicated to Larry. If I my left hand, it would be bad. Because I'm sure he liked Danny DeVito. I'm sure Danny DeVito also likes copying and pasting. <laughs> Although, I'll tell you someone who doesn't like copying and pasting. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Here we go. Jake Gyllenhaal had an interview in which he says that he doesn't do, like, the copy, like, the command Why? V or whatever. He goes up to the fucking bar, and he, like, does it the hard way. And he's just like, I always do it, like, going up to the Why? bar. I click. Maybe he was joking. I don't know. It's, I, I hope he is. I mean, that's basically saying I like doing it hard. Speaking. speaking that's a good soundbite. Um, speaking of uh, people who joke around and like doing it hard, um, our, 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 our guest for tonight, Danny, no, he's not here. Um, though we do have a connection to Danny DeVito. We, and we I have want, a very legit connection we, we, we have you reached has have you gotten back to that about that guy i have though i think we may so our um our dear old father who does listen hello fa hello father it's me zach this is how he talks our, uh, our no yeah uh our dad uh knows or went to college with a guy who's like best friends with danny devito mm -hmm. so we may not be able to get danny devito but the guy who knows Danny DeVito also is in like the music business. So I was thinking maybe he like he would actually be a great Maybe, but um, do you reach out to him? Danny DeVito or the guy? The guy. I haven't been given it, Oh, uh, you said it, you were going to reach out to him. I di I did. I don't have his number or email or anything. All right. Well, anyways, I need that from I need that from uh Maybe we'll have him source. on in the future, but I wanted to have a Danny DeVito episode because I want, Danny I DeVito, Danny DeVito, I think is a singular force in the entertainment business. There is no one like him. There is nobody like Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito also played a very seminal role in my career as, or not career, but more so my my development into wanting to work in film and be in in the film industry. Um, do tell. I well, I decided that I wanted to. I I wanted like when I the first time that I was just like, oh, I want to be a director was um, or like work in film. You know, I I mean, I didn't really know the other jobs back then, but like I wanted to be a director. Was uh, watching Matilda at the age of like seven or eight, and you're like, and this Matilda, movie is Matilda. I don't think a lot of people realize this. Matilda is is Danny DeVito through and through. It is written by Danny DeVito. Directed by Danny DeVito, produced by Danny DeVito, acted well, he didn't by Danny write DeVito. It. You, you know he didn't write it. You know it's a adapted. I know it's an adaptation. Okay. Uh, but actually, let me double sure. check on the uh, 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 written by. Um... It's written by ooh, the guy who did uh, Charlie Bucket. Guy who Charlie did guy. what's it? What's his um, name? Um. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, uh, uh, Ronald Dahl. Yeah. Ronald it's Dahl. Roll Dahl. Roll um, Doodly. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely it. Rudy, but I, I actually, Rudy, I take Rudy, it back. Rudy. He didn't, I, he, I take it back. So if you're listening, Danny DeVito, I'm sorry you did not write it. It was written, screenplay was by Nicholas Kazan and Robin uh, Swick, Swickard. Swick, mm. Swickard, maybe? Uh, Spikard. Um, so yes, he did not write it. But still... He directed it, produced it, acted in it, narrated it. Bing, bong, boom, bing, bong, boom, bing, bong. It is a Danny DeVito film. 
And Danny DeVito, I think we should start. Okay, why do you do you, do you like Danny DeVito? I love Danny DeVito. Why? I love Danny DeVito. There's no way you can't. I mean, I have met some people who don't like It's Always Sunny, and I mean, I mean, if you want to have that brain problem, that's on you. But or it's not on you. It's how you, you know, it's who you are. So I can't hate who you are. Uh, but <laughs> but what I'm saying is wow. is no. What I'm saying is that um. No, I love Danny DeVito. He was a seminal, like you said, seminal part of my childhood. Matilda, uh, I mean Taxi. <laughs> Just Have kidding. You... I never watched. I never oh, watched Taxi. Don't as a say kid. that. But I mean, no, I haven't seen Taxi. But for listeners at home who don't know, you know, if you only know Danny DeVito from the '90s onward, Danny DeVito was a seminal <laughs> part of the '70s. Well, let's start. I want to start from the beginning. I want to start uh, from the beginning, so we can we can really very... understand this man. Because I feel like most people understand Danny Vito. He every time he's also. I was listening to an interview with him. He just seems so much like our dad. Like I'm just hearing him talk, I, I, and he th- reminds me so much like our dad. Thing. Where he's just like it. Just seems like he's such a a a kind man but just loves talking and just oh but also loves listening like he just loves yeah. to just be talking and like shooting the the shit if you don't mind me saying and uh i guess you mind um i also think he i don't know if it's what it is about um older white men but they kind of have this they kind of look i don't know i when i and of course dad is listening but like i kind of for some reason see a little Danny DeVito in our dad yeah I mean, he's just a, even though I will say our dad looks nothing like Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is like five two. Yeah, and our dad, our dad is a normal, is, is a well, he's a, kind of tall. He's kind of a tall guy. He's like you six think so? One. I think he's six. No, he's not. He's a tall guy. He's not six one. He's ten. He's five. Call in, Dad. He's Dad. He's call in. Um, uh, he's he's five eleven. He's five eleven. All right, fine. I'm he's basically 10. my height. I think we're the same height. I remember walking home one day in like one of the camps we were at, and there was some camp counselor being like, being like, "Wow, you're gonna grow up tall. Like your your dad, uh, your dad's pretty and you're tall." Like, shut the hell up. And then I said that in a Christian camp, and they yeah. they sentenced me to hell. Shut your freaking mouth, man. Yeah, I got a lot of hell points for that. Um, hey you. But, uh, yeah, so, um, anyways, he just seems like he just loves, just talk, like, he just seems like such a normal person. And I think it also stands, I think it's partially becomes, he really didn't come from any, like, he he didn't come from a, a, a bunch of actors. He doesn't come from a, you know, all these acting, an acting background. He doesn't have a mom or a dad who was an actor or a director or someone who worked on sets. His dad owned a candy shop. On Jersey Shore, or maybe not on Jersey Shore, but in Jersey or near uh, Jersey Shore. And he's from Jersey. Uh, He was born in Asbury Park um, in 1944. 1944. And, um, which is crazy to think about because it's uh, how all these people, I've been thinking about this more and more, how all of these iconic film people are now in their 70s. And because of, you know, Hollywood, none of them look that old. None of them really look like they're in their 70s. Maybe befo- mm. besides De Niro. He looks really old. 
I feel um, like if yeah, I like it's funny. You see these Instagrams of like of uh, Sylvester Stallone without Pacino, and they they look like they're old men. They do look like they're old men, especially. I mean, they do look old. But it is it is in the next ten years or so. I mean, knock on wood, but like death happens. Like these people are gonna start. Whoa, knock on wood, so they don't die. Yeah, so they don't die, but also like. I mean, you can't say, like, I hope they don't die. They are getting old. Like, I'm just saying it's going to happen. I mean, you know. Here's the thing. I hope you it know, doesn't happen. Don't... I hope they don't die until they're 100. Let's say that. Like, maybe, there hopefully, you go. not in the next 10 years is what I'm knocking on wood for. But I, it's not 100... a knocking on wood of, like, they're never going to die. Yeah, um, after 100, forget about it. Yeah, after you're 100, you know. It's... Like, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt uh, call. Douglas. Oh, Kurt, yeah. No, that... Kurt that guy also, yeah, that's a, that's. I guess that's a little bit of news we should wonder, talk about. He, I wonder. I mean, he's not a great person. World. You know what he did? Uh oh, no. He raped Natalie Wood. What? You didn't know this? What? What are you talking about? Look it up. It there. He. It's like Natalie Wood talked about it. It's like in in. Oh my. He raped Natalie Wood. Looking up the, like the behind the scenes oh. of him, he was not a great person. Like when it comes to women, like he. uh... I think she was just the biggest example because, like, she's also like she's a major star. But she raped Natalie Wood when she was a kid, like sixteen, Jeez. and he was like late twenties, thirties. Oh, that's really. I know, right? I was so sad when he. Well, I wasn't sad, but I was just like, he di- he died, and then he was like, didn't he rape somebody? Oh, and then I was man. like, uh, no, I didn't know that, he... but. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that um, put a whole horrible damper on this episode, Natalie. Well, Natalie I mean, it's Wood. you should know about it. It's it's. I should. Uh, yeah. You know, that was another thing. To, and then there's I mean, all these photos of like Natalie Wood, like always supposed to be always walked, like always, like even up until like her twenties and stuff. She always traveled with her stuffed animals because they made her feel comfortable. Uh, and it's just like, how do you, how do you spell Natalie? How do you spell Nat- Natalie? How do you spell Nat? Uh, Lee. Anyways, I'll look this Anyways, up later. Um, but I had this just real quick. That I had the same exact thing with um, uh, Kobe Bryant. Oh man. Oh. You, I mean, that's controversial. Yeah. But like, you that's know, a little controversial. But you, um, you, right after they die is when like all the. I think it's just controversial because it is kind of still too soon. Like, uh, yeah. and also like Kirk Douglas, you know. He's kind of he, his death was no surprise to people. No, it's not like, that, and that's what I was trying also to the get fact to. that Kobe died with his daughter. It's oh, that I, was horrible. I mean, it's you can't. I, I right, feel like that's why it's a little bit too soon. Yeah, as not opposed to, but yeah, but that's also true. And some people were talking about that. But um, it's yeah. sad that I mean, it also just goes to show you that like your legacy. You know, you have to be good at every point of your life. Um, uh, what's what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so right. Danny, Danny DeVito, DeVito though is someone he who I'm fairly certain has not just not, not have... that much controversy around him. He's kind of a, I mean, he's probably maybe like I, I don't, I, I don't think there is. I actually didn't do I, much I, research, I... but I haven't, I don't know of any controversy around him. He seems like just a a guy that is just a a dude. And also, he's been I married for a long time. Like I think he's been married to the same to the same woman for about like his whole career. Like he is well, someone. From what I've heard. What? But I, from what I heard is um, his it, it, it's kind of just kind of appearing. It's more just like, and why why should we get a divorce kind of thing? Oh, really? That's yeah, that's what I'm not in a happy relationship. Well, I mean, it's it's more just kind of like it's 
Yeah, it's it's not it's not contentious, but it's more just kind of like, eh, why not? Like they're friends, but I don't know if they're like in love or anything. Hmm. Um, or maybe they are. You know what? I like we yeah, said. Yeah, I don't know why. Have... Uh, they separated after 30 years of ma- marriage and over 40 years together, then reconciled in 2013. Yeah. Um, but remained on amicable. Oh wait, they separated a second time in March 2017, but remained on amicable terms. Yeah, so I think they're you know. Oh, and then okay, you're right. And then they and then they said that they they're, they're just... separated, but they're not filing a divorce. No, because why? You know, cut and they're the still whole friends. Yeah, they're still friends. Yeah. It seems okay. Well, yeah, I mean, still that's pretty nice. Um, that's Danny DeVito. But he was you. married to her like... for 30 years, and they got a divorce. Uh, so that he started like in the 80. 82. They got or 82 they, had they got three married. Three beautiful children. Um oh, and she's the mom from Matilda. I didn't know that. Are you serious? Yeah, they you were the husband and wife. I didn't know that Ray was his wife. Perlman is in some uh yeah, Ray per- Perlman is in some opinion as famous as Danny DeVito. People would argue. I I would not argue that. So let me let's was... let's go back in the past. Let's let's start with uh Danny DeVito's um how he started. So he started Rain off to fame. Jersey City, or not Jersey City, uh, New Jersey, uh, Asbury Park. He was just a chump. He was like, I'm, I was listening to the Mark Maron episode, so I, this is how I know this stuff. Um, and he was just a chump. He was just like this guy. He had a bunch of sisters. His mom had him when she was like 40 because actually a lot of his uh, siblings died in the Great Depression. He had like two, three, uh, two siblings that died in the great depression because it was so he hard had, to raise a kid oh my he so, had two older sisters it says here okay two older sisters but he had at least one sibling that died in the great depression uh, and he never knew them because he was born in 44 um uh, and he was but like his his mom was kind of old so he was raised by one of his sisters um and the the sister told him and apparently after high school, he didn't go to college and instead became a gardener. Uh, and he was a gardener. And uh, he uh, he used to, um, like, his the sister was like, all right, so what's your plan? And he was just like, oh, well, uh, I mean, it's turning into winter, so I'm going to shovel snow. <laughs> and he, it seemed like if it wasn't for his sister, he would have been perfectly content being some, like, bum, or not bum, but some just a chum Regular being a gardener snow during snow. the summer. Shoveling snow at like in the and maybe like starting some bar whenever he like gets old enough. It seemed like he was just perfectly content, but his sister was like, No, I want you to become a hairdresser and sends him to school to learn how to become a hairdresser. And he realizes that it was great because he goes into class and it was all girls. And he was just like, This is amazing. But that's what got him out of the house and out of the you know, just like his hometown. And that's what also pushed him later on he spent like two or three years in the hairdressing shop and then decided he wanted to become an actor he took some uh uh, he took some classes at um i forget some some theater school it wasn't used it's not a college it's like the institute it's like a it it was in new york he goes to new york takes some classes and does some like plays and like does some small plays here and there eventually he gets a play in off-broadway show uh, all quiet or not all quiet on the Western Front. Uh, a little, a little play, a little play. You may have heard of it, maybe not. It's called "One Flew Over to the Cuckoo's Nest." I haven't heard of it. I wasn't referring to that. I was Which referring I to. I gotta uh, tell you, I gotta tell you something, Sam. Guess what? who? Um, 
produced the first One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest play. Who? Kirk Douglas? Douglas, yeah. Yeah, comes back. Um, back. But that was in the 60s. Um, But he was in the play. um, Danny DeVito was in the original play. As Martini. As Martini. Oh, yeah, that's right. Martini. By the way, you know who also was in um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Who? Gene Wilder. I know. Wait, what? Wait, I actually yeah. don't know that. He was in that? Yeah, he was in the original play. Oh. I mean, he's one of the, like, crazy... I love Gene Wilder. Uh, I was I so know, sad when he died. There's a really cool... Yeah, me too. He also um, has my really birthday. Cool... I think we share a birthday or something. Um, so I feel I mean... like Gene Wilder is No, is no, me. you have it. Oh, yeah, jo- um, yeah, June 11th. Ah, that's... Yeah, so we share a birthday. You that's also birth- have it with uh, Gene Hackman. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Gene Hackman. Uh, n- uh, maybe. I know I also genes. have it with um. You share Gene's birthday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely Gene Hackman. Love Gene Hack or not Gene Hackman. I do like Gene Hackman, but Gene Wilder. Um. Anyway, so anyways, he gets a off Broadway show, and then apparently Milos Forman, one of my favorite directors, um, sees him in that show and decides him to, to audition him for the movie. Um, and apparently the audition process was they just had him, uh, it was all improvised. Like they just, Milos Forman played the, um, doctor and Milos Forman would go around and be like, Hey, like, what do you think about his day? Like, well, how was your day? And you would act in that, in that role. And then he would be like, well, what do you think about his day? And he would just go around and Milos or, and, uh, Danny DeVito was always there. And apparently they went for, through four rounds of people. But Danny DeVito was there from the very beginning, and he d- went through all four rounds. So he saw people come and go, and and then eventually he got the part. Didn't change his life. He actually went back, started doing some plays and stuff, and then got an audition through one of his buddies uh, for the show. Taxi. Yeah, taxi, uh, taxi. And then that changed his life. And then, he, and then he was, you know, everyone knew him, and he became the guy from Taxi. Taxi started in, uh, so One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was 1975. That did it for him. And then he Taxi was uh, 78, taxi, I think. No. Oh, uh, yes, you're correct. Sorry. Uh, 78. Yes, 78. So he was, uh, he was in, he was out of work for three years. Yeah, that's. No, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't out of. No, no I mean, no, he, he, was, wasn't he was out not. Of work. He was not in the zeitgeist. Also, People apparently, going, his, his first film. There's that um, one muttering guy in the background. It's also it's also interesting that. comparing like him talking about things uh, compared to what's on his IMDb because it says on his IMDb his first film was called Dreams of Glass from 1970. But what we learned from Eileen Lee is sometimes uh, IMDb gets it wrong because it said her her first Eileen Lee's first film was uh, Spider Man three I think Spider Man three, and then she was just like no yeah. I just did. A restoration of that like if five you, years ago go back yeah listen to that episode everybody she gets pissed she didn't get pissed anyways no. her, what he said get, his I'm first film is and I'm, I'm sure she, she's right or he's right because he knows his career was called hot dogs for uh gun gun and he plays the star in this short and it's this nyu student um named is the director who sees him in this film or in the uh in one show and his name is Bart Martin Brest, and it's called. And it, apparently, the whole film is actually kind of an interesting idea. Is the 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 guy has a like sees that the guy that took a photo of the Hindenburg became famous because he was there at the right time. So he decides to stage blowing. He decides to blow up the Statue of Liberty 
so he can take the photo of Statue of Liberty and become famous. Wait, and what is it? I'm sorry. Tell me. T- t- start over with this story. So it's a 20. He, he this this NYU student named Martin Brest. Or back in like Brest, this, and back in 70. This 70s? movie came in 72. It was a short. Okay. They casted uh, Danny DeVito as the star, and the point, the plot was this guy saw that the the photographer that blew up the Hindenburg became famous because he was there at the right time. So he decides to blow up the Statue of Liberty so he can take the photo and become famous of the blowing That's up the Statue of Liberty. A um, cool idea, actually. And yeah, and this the director actually went on to become a, somewhat of a famous director. He directed Beverly Hill Cops and uh, Scent of a oh. Woman. And uh, wow. he so seemed like he kind of stopped was, directing. It seemed like he started. He stopped. So his last was, film was in 2003. He might be a producer now. No, his last film was 2003. Was, uh, are you saying he was pretty seminal for his time? With this Martin Brest person? Brest? Yeah. Nah. I mean, he's fine. He, was just, he, okay. he directed some big films. Uh, so, wait. What was the movie called? Uh, Hot Dogs for Gugan. Hot Dogs... And it has a 7.3 oh, on IMDb. Um, nice. Anyways, so he's in Taxi, and that, I mean, that that's his, like, that's that's all you need. Oh, like, Taxi his, kind of... It, by the way, his wife was also in that. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, Ray Perlman, which, that's how they met, is Danny DeVito did, um, he was working at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center in Waterford, Connecticut, and uh, he was, um, that's where he met his wife. But, I mean, Taxi was a seminal film because it got him, you know, Andy Joe. Kaufman was in that. Well, what's one of the things that I, we should also speed it up. Um, one of the things I love so much about Danny DeVito is he has transformed his whole body, like his, his who he is, to three different generations. Because Taxi, and he's like defined as like this comedic actor in Taxi, and that's how people from the 70s and 80s know him. And then in like the a 90s, curmudgeon short guy. Is in the what 90s, they, like, he becomes this major producer um, and produces all of these little films. Known, little um, movie called uh, Pulp Fiction. He produces Pulp Fiction in Jersey. What is it called? Jersey Pictures? Uh, Jersey Pictures. Jersey Films. Actually, it's probably Jersey Films because films are more, um, you know, classy. I guess. Uh, but he produces, like, let's, let's go back. The first film he produced, well, yeah, so he produces some, oh, he produced Reality Bites was his first famous. Which is, and, and Re- Reality Bites, uh, is the first Ben Stiller, uh, directed movie. Yeah, so he, he produced that, he produces, um, Get also Shorty. doing some acting and some of this stuff. Get Shorty, well, he's, uh. He's more of a producer in the 90s. Yeah, he's a big producer oh. in the 90s, but he also did, I mean, going back to Matilda, he did Gattaca. Um, and uh, by the way, his only Oscar nomination. He also produced Garden State, apparently. Oh, that's interesting. His only Oscar nomination was he was the producer for Aaron Brockovich. Uh, oh. He did not win, but um, he does deserve an Oscar for something. But no, I mean, he was this uh, Jersey. Sh- and then he also produced. I'm pretty sure. I don't know why it's on here, but I he did he uh, produced, Man on the Moon. He, oh, yeah, here it is. Man on the Moon. He produced well, Man yeah, on the I Moon, mean, and there was I actually played, was listening to, and he was in it as well. Um, he, re- he lived the thing. Yeah, he was. Cra- that's crazy. I've never seen Man on the Moon, which is another Milo um, Foreman, Milo Foreman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's a crazy concept to get somebody who's actually there and then like play a part in it. That 
that just would be weird. Yeah. And also, I mean, if you ever see the documentary, yeah. Andy, yeah, and like whatever, the one that's on Netflix with uh, Jim Carrey, Jim and Andy. I want to see it, but I also, I really, it, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to It makes see you not like Jim. Uh, I know, and I like Jim. Jim uh, Carrey. I love much. Jim Carrey. Because he gets I really lost Carrey. in the, and it's just like, yo, you don't have to go that ham. Like, this is why a lot of people now are kind of like scoffing at method acting. Because it's yeah. like, it seems like it well, does more harm than good. Because there's a lot now, of great acting that has not come from method acting. Well, uh, Heath Ledger, I think, is what brought it back. Yeah, but now what's his face? The guy that did um uh that did the Joker before um who did it Jared Leto did method acting for Sinister <laughs> and then and he, all this stuff came out so about bad. how he like <laughs> shat on the table and like did all these things not, that were that's not method acting. That's just like oh cool, now I get to crap on a table. Yeah, and Will Smith was just like, What what the what's going on? Like this this is doing- why are you doing this to me? Like, this is it's not, like, I don't have like, a scene with you. <laughs> what That's the thing crazy? is like, we aren't in the same scene. You don't have to. Here's a funny scenario. It, it's um, Daniel Day-Lewis to get into the role of Abraham Lincoln sends everybody a package like of a dead bird. They're like, yeah, for some reason, um, he started uh, shitting on the table and said, this is what Abraham Lincoln would have done. <laughs> And then he slapped me. All right, so continuing on, because we got to get into our um, things, because I, I did watch it pretty good. And then now he's in Always Sunny, and he's oh. he's Frank. And that's how people, and that's how he's now reinvented himself again in this seminal show. And when it came out, no one thought it was going to be anything. And in fact, seminal. Always Sunny didn't want him. They did. They they said, there's this, uh, the, the guy that plays Mac said that, um, they they said, hey, the first seasons, you know, you're not getting a whole lot of clout. It's it's we really like it, but like there's not a whole. We don't know how to sell this. Can we? I'm really going to bring in my yet. friend because like apparently the 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 one of the head bosses at FX was used to work from Jer- in Jersey Pictures or whatever, and um, it, he was like, I'm going to bring in my friend Danny DeVito, and they were just like, no, we don't want him. We we have a great chemistry. We don't need uh somebody else. And then they were just like, all right, then we're going to cancel your show. And then they were just like, oh, okay, then uh, we'll bring in Danny DeVito. And then and then they ended up loving it. And it was that was that's that's how that happened. And it's always sunny. I mean, I what I love. I haven't the the newer seasons. I don't know. It, they seem a little strange. The newer seasons. Like there's something about it that it. it even when it was super popular, like which is like fifth season, I think, is when it became like truly in the zeitgeist in a seminal show. Mm-hmm. Um, even after that, for the, like the next five, ten, like five seasons, I still feel like it kept its its con- like its purity, like its little kind of shaky cam kind of thing. These newer seasons feel way too clean, like yeah. too like the, it's too HD. It feels too pretty. Um, which is why I'm not a big fan of the newer seasons. But oh my goodness, I grew up with it. So it's like, I watched it in high school. I would watch it all the time. Anytime I would come home from like a party, a really late night in college, we would always watch It's Always Sunny. Like that was our go-to show, and we would laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah. So, anyways, that's if I had to choose, and I'm gonna ask you, if I had to choose my favorite, it's I mean, Danny DeVito. I would say it's Frank. I. Is my he, favorite character? Yeah, I mean, like, my favorite role of his. I and really I like Martini. Done... 
from. Oh, come on, he's he's barely in it, but Martini. it's also it's such it's like really his only role that he's been in that like film That's role that I've favorite, seen. Though, but it's the only thing that I've seen him in that it's like he really isn't like he's always like this goofball comedian Doesn't in like anything he your... does. He's always this goofball comedian, and this is like the one time he's still funny, but it's like a sad funny. Like it's like no, he's what, really. What role really touched you and really holds true for I you? Guess, when I guess Danny DeVito does unfortunately pass, what's the role that you go? And that role really, you're I gonna don't know. go. Martini it's hard to ch- really, really. All of it. My it's life. the man's career. It's the whole I'm... shebang. Also, let's get into the movies that we watched this week because I watched All a great right. film yesterday. Thank you, Danny DeVito. Thank you, Danny DeVito. Come on the show. I watched a great film yesterday called uh, Something Wild. Um, do you know the film? Um, that's Reality the, um, uh, Blank that's, Track, uh, which is Jeff, another. Daniel, Jeff Daniels yeah, movie, right? Uh, uh, Blank Track did an episode with Scott Ackerman. Um, yeah, you liked, you liked Something Wild. I did. I actually take it back. It was not a great film. It was okay. It was very oh. 80s. It is kind of. It also was the first film that launched uh, Jay Rio, uh, Ray Liotta's career. Is the first film yes. that he was like a star in it, and he was great. But it was just very on the like. It was typical 80s in which it was like Square decides to break loose, meets a crazy girl, and then realizes things get too crazy with this even crazy, and things just get out of hand. And then he, you know, has to realize. Like who he is? Is he? And then he goes back home and he's like, "Is he still the square, or is he this rebellious person?" You know. And then it ends with like him finding the girl on the street corner, and he's like, "Where did the girl go? Where is she?" Oh no! And then uh, turns around, and then the girl's there, and he's like, "Oh, oh!" And it just didn't. I think it, it's, but I mean, a lot of people from the '80s really loved it because I think it was like you know, it it it, it really it was started. New to them. It was new to them, but it also was. It's very much manic pixie girl uh, energy because uh, the girl. Um, that that's the reason why I was not a big. It was very much kind of the like a straight and narrow guy who I think has a wife or something. No, basically um, he dumped his. She and this is actually and it was um, Melanie Griffith uh, was the the girl, but she he doesn't have a wife. He has one thing that actually I do think is interesting is uh, Melanie Griffith's character wants him. Because he thinks she thinks he's married, but then he finds out that his wife ran off, uh, ran away from him when he was like seven months ago with all the with all his family and uh, with the, like a dentist, and that makes her pissed because she's like, "You lied to me," when in fact she's been lying this whole time. But yeah, I wasn't a big fan of. Her I didn't character. like her character. I his character was just you know just a lucky guy kind of schmuck. But and, Ray Liotta is the re- like also it's, it, um. This movie is a it's Jonathan Demme's like kind of one of a movie that really kind of puts him up there. Yeah, and then didn't they do uh, Stop Making Sense after this? Uh, shoot, I had the IMDb. I think Stop Making Sense was before. That. Okay, so maybe either way this is connected cuz this definitely has a talking head. There's a lot of people wearing talking head shirts. There's a whole dance number to a talking head song. Um this Jonathan Demme is the guy who directed Byrne. uh he, he Jonathan Demi directed uh, Silence of the Lambs. Anyways, I would recommend um, it if you like 80s films. Ray Liotta had a weird death at the end um, where he gets, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not going to, damn it, spoil. I spoiled it. Sorry. Uh, um, 
It's a weird film. Anyways, what's okay, your film? Uh, stop, stop, stop making sense was before it, uh, by the way. What's your film? Okay, my film, my film is called Lady Vengeance. It's the last in the uh, Vengeance trilogy of uh, uh, Chain Woke Park's um, Vengeance trilogy. It came after Old Boy. Uh, it's about, it's a really, really, it's a crazy movie, but it's very fun. It's it's wacky, but it's very tough. It's about a woman who is not framed, but put away in jail uh, for kind of a crime that she was involved in. But it's about a, like a child killer, and so she gets um, revenge on this child killer. But the way she gets revenge is really, really rough and really, really... I gotta say, satisfying. So I highly suggest watch uh, watching Lady Vengeance if if you enjoy a little wacking. It's it, the way it's cut is a little wacky. I'm trying. Uh, by the way, next week we're doing um, our episode on South Korean films, and I'm really trying to spruce up on my South Korean films. Um, and I'm so sad I missed out on the Bong Joon-ho uh, thing because Anyways. I've seen now almost all of his films. Yes, tune in next week. We're going to be wrapping up um, Godspeed Spider-Man, everyone. This is Talking Heads. Uh, this must be the place. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah.